October 21st, 2021. Time to get back on the horse. How are we doing, overtimers? How you getting along? That knee still acting up? Making plans to get out of town this holiday season? First time in a while. For those who might not know, my name is David Oliver and this is my playground, Overtime with Oliver. Today's episode is brought to you by Shut the Back Door. That's what I said. Brought to you by a very special company, Vital. And today we're talking with one of its co-founders, Rick Fessler, actually taped this episode in his studio, shut that back door again. Now we've got a studio in the Valley. The FDA has authorized Moderna and JJ Boosters, also okayed mix and match options. If you had a bad reaction the last time, switch it. Ask your doctor when you can get one. Got an early favorite for the card's managerial job? Lack of thinking for yourself is mandatory. Pretty nice moment for the Missouri football team when Luther Burden from East St. Louis orally committed to Coach Drink. Number one wide receiver recruit in the country. Number six overall. That's four more than Missouri has victories right now. If it ended today, class would be in the top 15. Lost another good restaurant this week after 46 years, Balducci's shutting her down. Their hand-tossed pie always had a uniqueness to it. I haven't been in about 20 years, so I guess this one's my fault. It has nothing to do with folks under 25 not wanting to work at restaurants. Three things you should if you have not. On Hulu, through the eyes of Michael Keaton, we see the beginning and downward spiral of opioids. The company that knew what they were doing got their blueprint from creating Valium, and the FDA had all the data they needed to step in. Dope Sick is just four episodes in. New ones debut every Wednesday. Switching to Netflix, if you are a Google Earth person, you want to check out the Billion Dollar Code. I'm two episodes in, there's four total. Did you know the technology was created in Berlin from Silicon wannabes? Stolen from those folks who knew nothing about business and is now being updated by the military to better spy on us. Oh, I'm sorry. Being developed to simulate environments and train soldiers. This is where I ask you to subscribe, spread the word with uh, shares on Facebook. Good word of mouth. No St. Louis 7 on this one, but you can see over 100 on the OT with Oliver YouTube channel. And lastly, if you are looking to get out of St. Louis for a weekend, don't sleep on Omaha. About seven hours away, we went out to check out the eldest's new apartment, new classroom. Apparently, Omaha has more restaurants per capita than any other city. Hey, the ones we went to are outstanding. Three-star stuff, priced fairly. And if you stay close to downtown, you can walk around everywhere you need to go. You don't need a car. Not a lot of folks wearing masks, if that was your next question. Okay, Rick Fessler. The company is named Vital, as in, who is vital in your life? Are you present for the small vital moments we sometimes don't pay enough attention to? Well, Rick's trying to change that one water bottle at a time. Man, Rick's the real deal. Don't punish him for what other phonies have done. If you want to tell someone they are vital in your life, customers, employees, etc., go to vitallife.com. V-I-D-L-L-I-F-E, code Oliver for 10% off. World needs more companies like Vital. I am very happy to be partners with them. And I am very happy to welcome to the Overtime family, Rick Fessler. Go to Overtime. Overtime with Oliver, with my dad. Tell your friends. 
I gotta admit, man, it's like uh, a buddy of mine just brought over a really nice car and he's let me drive it. The studio is fantastic. Oh, glad you like it. Name of the podcast again, Vital 20? Vital 20. All right, so in an effort to start somewhere before we get into Vital, let's uh, do a little bit of a deep dive. You're from St. Louis, correct? Born and raised. And what your folks do? Uh, my dad worked for um, Southwestern Bell, uh, so climbing poles and worked Uh-oh. his way up through management. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom for the longest time until she ventured out into her own and uh, started a pet shop, a local pet shop. Um, Is it still uh, in existence? No. No, they both retired separately and uh, both living on farmland, enjoying enjoying the retired life. So were you the best tree climber in the neighborhood? Mm. No, I don't think so. Because your dad, with the climbing on the stuff, I would have thought you could see the old man and imitate him. Yeah, no, I was more an on-the-ground guy. Brothers, sisters, I don't know. Do you? Brother, yeah. How old? He is three years younger than me, two, two and a half years younger than me, so he's like 47. And is he an entrepreneur as well? He is not. He followed in my dad's footsteps. He works for now AT&T, um, but he's climbed the corporate ladder there. and Ba-da-psh. Yeah, he does something <laughs> for them. I don't know. Where'd you go to high school? Oh, Northwest High School, middle of nowhere. High Ridge, Missouri. Actually, it's in House Springs, Missouri. But I was out in High Ridge the other day. It's growing a little bit. Pasta House used to be the only thing that was out there. And yeah. now there's other restaurants in that strip. Their Dobbs headquarters is yeah. Yeah. out in uh, High Ridge. Yeah. That's about all I know in High Ridge. It's going to be a That's short High Ridge conversation. High Ridge. <laughs> and then out of high school, did we go to college? Nope, I forgot to do that. I don't know. Maybe you thought about it and knew you didn't need to do it. No, no, I completely forgot to do it. No, I I became a workaholic early on. uh, So I started working for my stepdad at at his landscape company when I was like 13 years old and just kind of fell in love with work and money. So I just uh, I just kept working all through high school and and straight into the workforce. You're still one of those guys that likes to work in the garden and do the yard work, or have oh, you been I there, done that? Love being outside. Okay. Love being outside. Yeah, love working, working outside. I hadn't mowed a lawn in like 10 years, right? And my next-door neighbor's kid broke the lawnmower. So I went out, did the Facebook Marketplace thing, found a working lawnmower for like 50 bucks, and just in my head figured every time – I used to pay him 30 bucks. So by the second mowing – I was making money. At least I wasn't spending the money. And I was looking at it yesterday. I was like, oh, I think I got to do it one more time. I was trying to put it off. I don't think it's going to make the winner if I don't do it one more time. Likewise. I mean, I, I, I mowed so many yards in my life. The last thing I ever want to do is mow my own lawn. So I used lawn care for the longest time until I started doing the math of how much I'm spending there. My biggest thing is I hated messing with all the gasoline and everything else. But now these battery-operated ones, it's phenomenal and so i'm back to mowing my own grass i love it it's an hour of listening to podcasts and me time all right so we've got a mutual friend in rick McEwen. Mm-hmm. i call him the godfather of st louis cellular <laughs> because he was doing it on napkins when nobody else knew what to talk about and that's how you got hooked up with rick because you were helping out his mom yeah, yeah. When I had, with the landscape business, uh, his mom was a client of mine, and when I got out of that, um, his mom is actually the one that said, "Well, you should meet my son." And 
And I said, well, what does he do? And she said he, he owns a several eight or uh, wireless stores. And, um, and I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know anything about that, but sure. I'll meet the man. And well, you know, Rick, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll suck you in with his, <laughs> with, with his charm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I went to work for him for a little bit, fell in love with the, the, the business and, um, eventually partnered with him and then, then, then bought him out and went on from there. So what's funny about Rick, I knew him probably a year into knowing him, selling him advertising and going to baseball games and such figured out my dad was like his third customer. He was his third installation, and he knew the car. This is so you know. This is fifteen years later, yeah. a year after he and I have become buddies. But my dad was like his third install ever, and he remembered the car. And he remembered everything. It was his, he found his niche. Yeah, he did. So you did too. I mean, so I don't know a lot about this. I mean, I met you through Custom Cellular. Mm -hmm. um, we worked in the same building and did a couple projects that I can vaguely remember. But you know, how did it get from? Rick dragging you in to own in the freaking place. Yeah. Um, relatively quickly. Um, at least it felt like it, but I guess it was over a period of like 10 years. Uh, just like I said, I got in the business, I fell in love with it and, and I kind of looked at, I think we could really grow this thing. So he allowed me to operate within the business, uh, uh, creating a management structure and a leadership program within the, within the business. And, and then we moved forward to buy a couple of people. Um, and then the opportunity came to expand into Kansas City, which is our first out-of-market opportunity. So we expanded into there. And I really got the taste of, okay, I think this could, uh, this could really go far. Um, and along the way, we had partnered and whenever I said, yeah, I think I want to take this thing multiple state, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> he did not have the appetite for that. And I, I, don't, I don't blame him looking back. Uh, but yeah, eventually, you know, after I bought uh, him and Cindy out, uh, grew the business to, at that time, I think it was uh, 16 stores. Um, and I grew it from 16 to over 120 in 14 different states. Married at the time? Um, yes, yes. Uh, I'm, I, the reason I stutter is I'm wondering which wife you're referring to. <laughs> Your current wife. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no. She, yes. Whenever I was growing the business, uh, she came along after I had, uh, I had bought Rick out. And you have the two daughters, right? I do. Names? Caitlin is my oldest who just turned 27. And then Reagan is my youngest who just is getting ready to turn nine. Cute age. Yep. Yeah. The awesome. youngest is uh, 15, and it's a lot different than nine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wanted to make sure that, first of all, the oldest one was able to babysit the youngest one. Sure. So, you know, that's, that's why they're 19 years apart. But then on top of all that, really, really just um, uh, just it was all the mistakes I made with the first one. Yeah. 19 years difference, man, that's, that's a heck of a mulligan you get. I mean, so she, I, I, I'm, I'm not making those mistakes this time. And luckily my oldest is just, you know, she loves to watch me not make those mistakes. Well, and it's funny coming from the cellular business that you came from 24 year old, no way she was getting a phone until she was 16, I think is what we threw out there. Mm -hmm. And then the 21 year old, pretty much the same way. Mm -hmm. By the time he got to the 15 year old, now the cell phone is like how they 
keep in touch with their friends. And so we buckled. I think she was 12. And the two first ones, they were livid. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like <laughs> happiness for their sister. It was like, you're so soft now. <laughs> I remember we wanted one. And when you're in the cellular business, I think it was always changing. So how do you stay on top of that kind of stuff? Because it's, uh, it's always changing. Yeah. You had to stay on top of it. I mean, it, it's, it wasn't the same day after day. So it wasn't a matter of uh, you ever taking your eyes off the ball. So it was just staying focused on it. It's fun. People like their phones. It's a fun thing to sell. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, a part of my life that I, I enjoyed thoroughly, but um, after it being after being out of it for several years now, a part of my life I would never go back to. So the name on the door is what? Uh, CH&M. H&M Holdings. And it stands for? Cherishing Hearts and Minds. And how old is this company? So while I was in the uh, wireless business, I formed several other small businesses, and um, we put them all under that one umbrella of the holdings company of CH&M. So that's been around for probably five years now. The name of the company one more time so I get the acronym? Uh, Cherishing Hearts and Minds. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. How many words did we choose from that we landed on those three? No, that was it. I, it, it actually, I just that was the name of the it, and it's a holdings company, so it's not anything that the public eye would, would normally see other than on the door. But um, yeah, it was just that that's what that, that's what my mission was it, with all of my employees, um, all the different programs we had together with, with my leadership trainings and um, everything we did was to cherish the hearts and minds of those that chose to work for us. So it was easy to name the holdings company, Cherishing Hearts and Minds. When did the thought knock you over that vital was what you were supposed to do next with your life? Do you remember a moment? No. No, I knew that I wanted to do something different, bigger. I wanted to make a difference. Uh, to me, once I got out of that business and I looked back, I was very proud of everything I had done, but I really kind of looked at what did I do to change anything? Um, what's my legacy? So I really kind of struggled with what am I going to do next in life? And it wasn't until I took a look at that and she was, uh, she was six at the time, just turned six. And I looked at the world she was growing up in and realized, wow, this is, uh, this is not cool. And really scared me as to what she's going to have to deal with 10, 15 years from now in, in the trajectory that we're on. So I just figured if I'm going to do something else with my life, I'm going to do something that makes a difference to try to change the way things are going. Did you talk to a lot of people before you went legit with everything? I mean, did you, did, did you talk to the John O'Leary's? Did you talk to the people out there? Did you have anybody you used as a reference? It's kind of a North Star. No, um, like usual, I just kind of took it on myself, and um, I was. Uh, um, it wasn't until I got well into the project that I started maybe talking to other people about what what would this look like, or what do you think of this? And actually, I guess it would be more like, what do you think of this? And um, um, no, I just kind of jumped in. How'd you fall on water bottles? Now there's a story. So um, a friend of mine that I didn't know at the time was introduced to me in, in the most uh, unusual way. But he had approached me and said, hey, I know that you own uh, several businesses and I've got an idea. 
and I just wanted to see if I could pitch it to you. So I said, yeah, sure, come on over. And uh, I've got my, the lower level of my house is uh, my man cave and it's got an incredible bar in it and we call it the innovation bar. And that's where my friends and I just sit around and we solve all the world's problems. And um, so he said, uh, so I said, invited him over and, and he brought this idea forward of he wanted a water bottle with a charging device in the bottom of it. And at the time I was traveling a lot and I said, yeah, well, I always need my water and my phone's always dead. So this, this has merit. Um, so that's how the idea of a water bottle came to mind. But that wasn't solving any problems, really. That wasn't changing the world. So we kind of, uh, through the process of modeling this out, what it would look like. A couple more scotches. Absolutely. Because scotch fixed everything. Um, but, yeah, as we, as we just kind of uh, mapped this thing out, uh, I, I realized that, that there was something else there. There was, there was a possibility to take his creation, his idea of a new twist on a water bottle, but blend it with my, my passion to want to make a difference in the world. And we just kind of walked this slow path over, uh, over about an eight-month period of developing this thing before I got serious enough about it to, to take it to, a, uh, to, to engineers and different uh, people I knew and started bringing it to life. And you have sunk some serious coin into this project. Yes, yes. But don't tell my wife. <laughs> She's not listening. We won't tell her that you're on. And so, no, I, I, I joke. She is unbelievably supportive of this. And if and if you knew the dollar amount that was in this, you'd think she was just as insane as me. And maybe that's why we've uh, we found each other. Well, how we we reconnected was because um, shocking. I was having a drink with McEwen, and he goes to me. Wait, wait, wait. Rick drinks. <laughs> and uh, it's like, what's Fessler up to? And he's like. He's selling bottles. I bought a couple bottles. And I hadn't seen Cindy, his wife, in forever. So I come by to bore overtimers into the valley near where the old studios were. So I knew the area a little bit, walked into Cindy. And it took maybe five minutes of you talking. And I was like, hold on a second. McEwen did not give this justice. And you were kind enough, and we caught up, and we spent like 10, 15 minutes. Your passion for this is pretty contagious. Hmm. And I want to know where that confidence comes from. Maybe it's just conviction, which is more than you need. But where did the, the passion part come from? Because things come out of your mouth that would make other people uncomfortable, but you're very comfortable saying these things because it's true to you. You're just you're saying things out loud that other people don't say. Does this come from anybody or anywhere? Mm. Well, thank you for all that. Uh, no, I think it's uh, maybe it's, it's I don't know if it's confidence or arrogance. I guess it's a there's a thin line there. But uh, no, I mean, it's just that I believe in, in what we're trying to do here. I, I mean, it's I fall back on where does this all where does it all change? You know, where does the where does the divisiveness that that is rampant in this in this country right now? Where 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 does the hatred change? Um and I really just kind of, I just kind of said, if, if not me, then who, and if not now, then when? And I think if more of us had that kind of like that, that attitude of gosh darn it, it's, 
I'm not going to wait for somebody else to make the change. I want to jump in and make the change myself and get people to help and walk alongside me and join me. Um, a lot more we get done. Take as much time as you need on this question. There's not too long of an answer. For people who are just now listening or trying to find out more about Vital, what's the most important part? What's the most important thing you want people to take from this conversation and, and know about Vital? Well, I would say that um, in a world where you're made to feel worthless because of who you are, that Vital is a brand that says, no, you're vital and you're worth full. That you don't have to, you're, you're vital as you are, who you are, you have worth, you have value. So um, ignore the noise and just, uh, just, have, uh, just have faith in the fact that you, you carry value. I thought one of the fun stories you first told me was there was this company and they're thinking about like buying a thousand bottles or, and they were buying it to improve the culture mm -hmm. within that business. So again, we're not just talking about water bottles, but water bottles are kind of the conduit mm -hmm. by which everybody's carrying them around. It starts conversations. When you hear somebody maybe for the first time acknowledge that the culture in their business is not what they want it to be. How hard is it for you to just be like, all right, now we got to get going on this because <laughs> people don't want to be sold, you still have to give yeah. them the idea and let them run with it. That, I mean, that, that's a fun story to me. Yeah. Because well, it's real. Yeah, and, and I guess we need to explain why or how the bottle does that, right? So, you, you know, um, for, your, for your listeners, obviously you're sitting here, you can see it and you know it, uh, but there's a, there's a uh, detachable storage base on the bottom of all of our bottles that comes in 10 different colors. And our bottles come in black, white, gray, and stainless. So you can go out there on the website and design your own bottle to tell your story. So everybody has a, a different meaning to the colors that they choose. And the way we change culture is, is that we start getting people respectfully curious of one another. And, and we change the conversation at the water cooler from, did you watch the game last night, to, okay, dude, I got to ask, why, why do you have the white bottle with the pink base? Right. And... To hear that other person say, well, I have a three-year-old daughter at home and she absolutely loves it when I get up in the morning and I'm going to leave and I put the pink base on the bottom of my bottle. She knows I'm thinking about her all day and she just gets so excited every time I do that. What just happened there is I just learned two things about you. One, I just learned you're a really cool dad. <laughs> but two, holy cow, I didn't even know you had a daughter. Right. right. I mean, it's it's a different it starts a different conversation and people start re learning about each other through our ask, discover, relate. Right. You ask, you respectfully ask questions. You discover something new about that person and you can better relate to them. So that's how we uh, that's how our bottle changes cultures within organizations. The website is vital life, V I D L L I F E dot com where people can design their own bottles yes. and find out more about what you've got going on. So looking to the future, what do you hope you do over the next 18 months? I'm not talking volume wise. I'm talking just 18 months. If it breaks your way, I really hope this gets accomplished. 
you know, more than the bottles sales themselves. Um, I'm hopeful that I get, uh, I, I get as many speaking events as I can on what it looks like to live a vital life, to live a life that is based on gratitude, openness, and kindness. And, um, the message, I hope the message gets out there over the next 18 months. I, I hope that in high schools, the high schools we're working with, the college campuses that we're working on, um, that we start to change, we start to change people's view of one another and realize that everybody is, everybody is vital. So um, obviously I hope to sell millions of bottles, but I think I would be just as happy as if the message and people's, people's attention towards each other changed instead of just going around and judging and dismissing everybody instead we're respectful and curious of one another i think i know the answer to this but i'll ask it anyway what what do you do when somebody comes up and just goes man you're fake hmm. <laughs> um well i can't say that i've had that happen yet so i don't I, I would love to be able to answer with an exact example um but i would absolutely tell them that's a shame you're part of the problem <laughs> Try being a part of the solution. Come walk with me. Yes. <laughs> uh, kids are important. Talked about the high schools, talked about the colleges. You've got another line coming out that is devoted to kids. Yeah. You want to touch base on that? Yeah, that's super exciting. So hopefully uh, late first quarter, early second quarter of, uh, of next year, we hope to launch Vital Kids. And um, as I mentioned, our bottles come in white, black, gray, and stainless. The kids' bottles will come in all kinds of different colors. So they'll be able to have pink bases on purple bottles or blue bottles on with yellow bases, whatever, whatever their heart's content. Um, but we're really going to focus around working with children's organizations like, um, you know, like I, I, I have my eyes set on maybe working with uh, St. Jude or Make-A-Wish or um, Children's Hospital. Um, you know, just that we want this to be a, 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 an arm of our company to where the proceeds from Vital Kids gets funneled towards kids that are in of need, that, mm-hmm. that, they, that they, they're, they're facing some really tough situations but yet hopefully this bottle will tell them that you're vital you're going to get through this and you're loved yeah, jackie smith the former cardinal on and he's really behind the vietnam wall wall down in uh oh shoot where's it at it's in missouri down in the boot hill uh, he's gonna kill me i know where it's at it's, it's near saint genevieve okay and it's an exact replica of the wall exactly same size pointed in the same directions you've got a sweet spot in your heart for veterans as well mm-hmm. very much so yeah I, I mean i i have um we started right before covid i started uh, meeting with a gentleman that uh, has a foundation called all secure and um we're going to be reconnecting here hopefully soon um We'd like to work with their organization as, as well uh, through Vital that some of the proceeds can go towards their organization because it's, it's such an amazing thing that him and his wife are doing that um, we spend so much money on our special forces, men and women, to train them and make them the warriors that they are. But we don't reinvest into them to get them back to civilian life. Right. And the, our, our special forces operate at a level that none of us can wrap our heads around. And to just walk away from that and come back into civilian life, 
that's a really, really tough transition. And it'll break your heart how many times these men and women think about killing themselves in a day. And then what I love about what Tom and Jen are doing, Tom Satterley and Jen Satterley, Jen, his wife, works with the wives as the husband starts to transition back. Um, or vice versa, if it's the if it's the woman transitioning back, then Tom works with the wife. But they typically she works with the wives and to, to let them know that hey, the, the the man you married may not be the man coming home. Um, so here's what we're going to do to get him back. And they they uh, they tackle this as a couple, and um, they're doing some amazing work. So yeah, that's that's uh, we're hopeful to partner with them. You got a dream client you hope to get in front of one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is on. So right now we're direct to consumer um, because we're about living a vital life, a life of gratitude, openness and kindness. And I don't believe there's a retail outlet out there that is worthy of our brand except one. And that is Johnny Morris and, um, you know, Bass, Bass Pro and Cabela's Johnny Morris exemplifies what living a vital life looks like. I mean, this, the man is unbelievable. Um, so caring, so loving, um, so gracious. So, I mean, I, 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 it would be a dream to have my brand, uh, sold within his store. So, so, so retail wise, that would be a dream, uh, dream come true. And then as far as businesses, um, I just, uh, I, I love what Worldwide Technologies does mm. around the world and what they stand for and their culture. Um, I think they would be, I, I, their values and our values are just so, so aligned that I think that we would be able to do some great things together. What is it like to try to get bottles from China to oh, the Valley? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, did you, how did you approach it? Did yeah, somebody knew somebody or? No, I have nope. no idea. I don't walk me through it. No. So, um, Jay Chung, one of the other co-founders, he's from South Korea. Um, he, he and his family had migrated here to the United States and then he found himself after college going back to South Korea, him and uh, him and his family and living there for 10 years working there. And then they just recently came back to the United States and, and he and I through a very strange way got connected. Well, he knew of someone in um, China that could show us around. Uh, but basically, we just packed a bag and went over there for a two-week period and visited as many of these factories. There's 2,000 factories because they're the only place you can get these double-walled uh, double stainless steel vacuum-insulated bottles manufactured. 99.9 .9 of them is are, it, are manufactured in China. Still looking for that point one percent um stay tuned yeah but um so we just went over there and just researched uh as many manufacturers as we can visited with them checked out their factories and you can tell a lot about manufacturing in china when, once you go to the go to the actual factory if it's well lit and it's clean then they actually care for their employees because a lot of times you'll walk into these manufacturers and they're just dimly lit which is obviously horrible on people's eyes it's dirty it's not safe so the manufacturers we looked for was ones that had marked the, the, the floors clearly marked where where safe zones were where they could walk without getting hurt, well lit and, and cleaned. And we actually wind up settling on the exact same manufacturer that uh, they, they manufacture for 
a lot of the big brands like Yeti and, and Hydro Flask. So um, that was a great about two and a half weeks spent in, uh, in, in China researching. So you're 18 months into this, give or take, right? Uh, no, the, uh, we went over there. Yeah, I would say, well, I'm well two, about two and a half years into this. Um, only about the last two years with COVID thrown in there, right. uh, the last two years have we been uh, solely focused on it. And I don't want to make Jay feel uncomfortable, but he's kind of a big deal over there, correct? He is in South Korea. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He was, um, um, yeah, he he was a, a a lead pastor of a of a very large church over there. What happens if somebody does not feel worthy of being vital? How do you talk to them? Hmm. Yeah. I would want to get to know their story and we all have a story and, and it's actually our story that makes us vital. And most of us don't feel like we're worthy or worth or we have value. And very few of us think we're actually vital, that we're absolutely, absolutely important, essential or treasured, that we add meaning to life. And I think that that is that breaks my heart. And so if someone came up and said, I have, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not vital, I would really, really want to learn their story and just see what has happened in their life that, that they don't believe that they have any value or worth because we all do. We just sometimes just can't see it. And for people who are out there that have charities or causes near and dear to their heart, every vital deal is a separate deal. But, you know, we're not, you're not, looking to do anything with the money other than put it back into the company. And if in particular cases, it makes sense for some of the proceeds to go to charities, you'll look at that individually. And of course, if it makes sense, why wouldn't you? Of course, yeah. If it's on brand, if their charity organization is on brand with what we're trying to accomplish, um, absolutely. Uh, but but we have started, I've, I've got two foundations that are, that are underway. Um, we don't have them uh, fully, fully baked yet. Um, they're in action. They're just not. Re- they're not ready to be publicized. But one of them is is we we started here in U City and we started our very first chapter of what's called Real Difference. And what we're doing is we're meeting people where they are and uh, we're we're f- when we're finding out what what their real needs are in life. And then walking that journey with them. So, for instance, if it's a financial situation, then we come alongside them and we, we, we coach them on financial needs and we, we coach on relationship needs, uh, parenting needs, um, just a whole host of whatever needs there are. We're, we're walking alongside them. And then there's resources within each community that we also can work with and direct to. So we've started that first. Cha- we want chapters of real difference uh, all over the all over the United States and all over the world eventually. But the second thing is, is two hands, one heart. And that is really where we, um, we, we find out what's truly vital to those out there in the world. For instance, uh, right before COVID, um, we through a school that I'm associated with in Cambodia, um, we got with the director over there, his name's Jesse, and I said, uh, you know, Jay and I want to do something, uh, we want to find out something that's vital to somebody and, and fill that need. And he learned of a gentleman called Van, named Vanny. And Vanny, what was vital to Vanny was he needed four walls and a locking door. Now here, us here in the United States, we don't, 
we don't typically view four walls and a locking door as a vital need because we all pretty much have that. But to him, that was all that he, that, that's all he needed in life. And the reason is, is because the wife wasn't in the picture anymore. And so he had two young kids. And every day he would leave to go to try to find work to get money to f feed his kids that day. And he only had two walls and some tarps. So he left his children exposed to all the elements. Uh, and so learning of this need, Jay and I working with Jesse, Jesse got all the materials uh, for us. Um, but a group of us went over and built him four walls and a lockable door brick by brick. So um, that is the mission of Two Hands and One Heart, is finding out what's vital to those around the world and then trying to fill those needs. So um, I would say <laughs> probably a majority of all the proceeds that come from <laughs> Vital and, and Vital Kids um, will get dumped back into programs like that. Um, that's really where my heart lies. I don't see a Vital water bottle in Walmart anytime soon. Mm, no, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not in my, not in my lifetime. So how much of um, the foundation is in right now? I mean, you're in meetings all the time. You know, when we get together, we try to do a good hour because, you know, you're not really there five minutes at a time. Are, we, are you foundationally where you need to be? Is there a couple other pieces? I know you're working on the shipping a little bit, but you feel comfortable? You feel good? Uh, as far as the foundation of vital, as far as, yeah. The, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I think we're just, we're really getting our message, um, down to, to an, an easy, understandable pitch. Cause it's so complicated of, it's not just a water bottle. It's a, uh, it's a mission. It's a message. The water bottle is just the, the, the vessel for the message. Um, but yeah, I think right now, if we could just get manufacturing and shipping under control and, but me and the rest of country right now uh, i think we'd all be a lot happier you can get it from china here you just can't get it here yeah we can get it made we can get it manufactured we just can't seem to get it here um so yeah the only way around that is to fly the product over here and uh after you do that you've uh, you're in the hole so you're you, it's not a it's not a good profitable uh avenue so you're working till how late tonight uh, about 10 o'clock tonight, hopefully, if the video goes well. We're doing a video shoot for, uh, for a client. Um, because not only do I, you know, when I work with businesses, I do speaking events for them as well. Um, so there, we're, tonight we're cutting a, uh, a video, kind of an intro package that they can send out to their employees because I'll be speaking hopefully at their event in May of next year, um, provided everything goes well with whatever strain of COVID's just around the corner. Hmm. Um, but um, yeah, so we'll be speaking there in May and, and we're cutting a video tonight to just kind of, uh, kind of a prep package. You got an inspirational book everybody should read? Um, yeah, I would say either one of John O'Leary's books. They're <laughs> on fire in awe. I mean, I, that man, gosh. Um, just I am just such a huge, huge, huge fan of him, and uh, to get to know him and and get to know his what he's how he views life. Uh, there's a man living a vital life. There's a man that understands uh, gratitude and openness and kindness. But uh, yeah, e either either one of his books. All right, overtimers know I'm a big fan of John. We play his episode every year. Uh, you got a lot of the same qualities, my friend. 
Uh, you know, as I, I finally got a chance to meet John uh, through a uh, through a friend and mentor of mine. He set it up to where I got a chance to have a cup of coffee with John, and that was uh, that was so exciting. My wife even joined me on that. She was like, "I, I got to be there just to see you, like a little schoolboy around him." But uh, that was that was a lot of fun just to getting to know him on a personal level. And what's funny, not funny, different word, intriguing really fun to be in the middle of his workplace is what your workplace is probably going to be like. There's not a mean word. There's mm-hmm. smiles. There's people just loving to get up in the morning and help spread John's goodness. Yeah. You ever been into the office? I have not. It's over there in Kirkwood. It used yeah, to be. Yeah. Um, so let's say I uh, eight people, but just, the eight nicest people you've ever met, and they uh, they know what they're doing with their life, and that's kind of what you didn't stumble across it, but that's kind of where you have fallen, is you know what you're doing with the rest of your life. Well, I hope so. And yeah, John, yeah, John's a big uh, a big influence in all that. That's why it was a big it was a big deal for me to have a cup of coffee with him and just let him know how influential he's been in in this brand and and my quest to try to make a positive change in the world. Big Cardinal fan too, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing for fun nowadays? When you get the, you just got back from golfing. Fun yeah. Trip. Yeah. Let's try to golf as much as possible. And if I'm not golfing, I love being on my bike, whether it be my mountain bike or the road bike. Um, but right now I am just, I am just loving life with my, uh, with my family. Um, my daughter, uh, just, she swims. She's in so many different swim meets. We have two swim meets this weekend. Both of them at seven a.m. I don't. 7 Water's so Saturday cold. Seven thirty. Well, it's it's indoor now. Right. Um, but yeah, Saturday at seven a.m. Sunday at seven a.m. But she's also she does, um, she does a golf on two different teams, swim, gymnastics. Um, she's doing cheer now. This kid doesn't sit still, so I, I'm just I'm doing everything I can. Her and her mother just we're just doing everything we can to keep up with her. My swimming nickname was Dead Last David. Mm. I don't think I ever finished anything but last. Hey, you didn't drown. And it was an excuse to get to the tennis court. Yeah. So you had to you had to join the t- uh, swim team to have your mom give you a ride <laughs> to the country club or wherever. But then you you were there and you were stuck. So yeah. that's how I learned how to play tennis. I haven't played in a while, but that, I spent a lot of time. I should have been golfing, really, when I look back on it. I, if I had taken that much time golfing that I did tennis, I'd be a much better golf. Your golf clubs, I think you told me, haven't seen the light of day in three years. Yeah, I that, just did a bad I, job of trying to explain that. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't, I don't like that story. It makes me cry. I, did I tell you about how I hurt my back? No. So I'm throwing myself under the bus. Stones tickets on the floor, no seating. So you're on the concrete and 52 year old David threw out his back watching the 75 year old stones put on a (laughs) two hour shell. I went to a chiropractor for the first time. That's how bad it was. All right. So we're in your studios Uh, overtime, probably going to do some more podcasts from here for people who like to meet in person now that we're through COVID just happened on the table. Um, your podcast is vital 20. Mm-hmm. Let's turn the tables a little bit. One of your questions, I'll rephrase it. Person cannot have your last name or the last name McEwen. Who's vital in your life? Um, 
Wow, I can't have that. That, that eliminates my whole family. Um, I would say that uh, if I had, had to only pick one, mm -hmm. I would say it would be my friend Joel. Um, and have you told Joel he's vital in your life? I have. Good yes. for you. Yes. And why is he vital? I interrupted. No, be, because he was the... Um, he's opened my eyes to how important community is. I was so involved with building my business and the people I surrounded myself, I either had on payroll um, or they could, or they were colleagues. They, they also owned stores or they were of, of you know, like um, um, mind, but he opened my mind to what an actual community looks like. He was the first friend that came into my life and, and uh, from an outsider. And, and since then, I've got now this incredible network of guys that just, we live life together. So um, I tell him all the time how much I appreciate that. Have you been in a company yet that after you met with them, your opinion changed drastically? Oh, for sure. Can we name one? No, no, don't name one. Yeah, tell me no. what. Tell me the what changed. Tell me the impression that changed after you got to know them. After you allowed them to be in your life and vital to you. Yeah, I, I think a lot of organizations. Um, I think there's two things that happen with organizations. There's there's the CEOs that speak um, of a great culture and a great place to work, and actually mean it but it's not happening and that frustrates them. And then there's others that just speak of it because it's a nice thing to say. And you can just tell by meeting them, they have zero intentions of actually doing the work it would take to um, make that a great place to be. Well, Rick, I don't think anybody could say you're not walking the walk. Well, I hope not. Authenticity is uh, everything in life. So is this your first podcast as being a guest? Uh, no, I've done one other with uh, with my friend Gary Wilbers out in mid-Missouri. So this is your second favorite podcast appearance? Yes, <laughs> by far my second favorite. Is there, in closing, the website is vital, V-I-D-L-L-I-F-E dot com. Yes. If they're interested in a speaking arrangement, if they're interested in talking to you about their business and mm -hmm. or helping charities is there a, a regular email? I don't want to give you a personal email out. Yeah, the, the, they can reach me at uh, a Vital Team, V-I-D-L, Team, T-E-A-M, uh, at VitalLife.com. Or, I mean, I don't care. I'll give out mine. You can reach me at Rick, R-I-C-K, at Vital, V-I-D-L, Life.com. So you're going to blow up and you're going to have to get it. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>